0: You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week on the program is the founder of StarSinger, a platform that provides training resources for recording artists to help them improve their performance and run an effective music operation. Who doesn't want to do that? She is also the host of the Star Singer podcast, and you can find out more about all of her resources by visiting www.starsinger.co. We are happy to welcome Tiffany Van Boxtel onto the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Tiffany.
1: Hi, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you. It has been entirely too long since we've had a singing expert on the program. It has been a blind spot for us. I know we have lots of singers listening to this show who always want to up their performance game, particularly right now as more of them move into live streaming and want to try to make the right adjustments in light of COVID. So your timing could not be more impeccable. So excited to talk to you. Let's get right into it here. Is... Let's, get, let's talk about singing um, and, and your approach to how you want to teach it and make better singers out of our listeners. As someone who's dedicated their entire professional career to helping singers perform at their best, can you talk about what drew you to creating so many online resources to help singers? And do you, do you think that your resources act as a substitute for formal voice lessons, or is it more of a supplement?
1: Oh, totally. That's a great question, and I think it'll hit both sides of your audience here um, because I was teaching private one-on-one voice lessons, and I was getting burnt out. I was teaching about 60 lessons a week, um, both live in studio and online, and even though everyone is very individual with their singing needs and um, different, different ideas resonate differently with different people, I found myself to be repeating myself a lot and working the same exercises over and over again, the ones that were really getting results. And I was able, I thought it made sense to take all of the exercises and ideas that were getting probably like 95% of the results and really, really helping people and putting them online into a platform that people could access at a lower price you know um without having to drive to lessons or without having to pay for expensive voice lessons every week and that's that's how this platform got started that's how we started star singer in our our green room
0: I can definitely appreciate that and I'm glad that you brought up that point about what really drove you to create a lot of these online resources was this idea that you found yourself giving the same piece of advice and the same instruction to people over and over, and that is a common thread that I hear from folks in your field who create course content, whether it's you know vocal coaching or music business advice or almost any other platform. It tends to be folks who work with people one-on-one and maybe still do but they say that there's a different way that I could be transmitting this repeated information. And I can tell you that's the reason why I started this podcast, too, because I was giving the same information over and over to legal clients. And I was like, there's got to be a way I can streamline this a bit and, and communicate it more outwardly. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad that you created those resources and uh, you know are, are helping a wider audience become better singers. I want to talk about that idea of you know, being the best performer you can be and particularly how to adjust it to the live streaming context because that's where all of our listeners are heading now as COVID seems to be ramping up even more. Live venues are becoming few and far between and and more artists have to learn how to, you know, put on a great show in the live streaming context, whether it's a platform like Twitch or Stage It or YouTube Live or Facebook Live or something like that. And I want to ask you, from the perspective of a singer, is there a difference in how a artist should sing and perform when you're talking about the live streaming, the intimate kind of one-on-one camera experience that a live streaming brings you versus how you might sing. If you were in a crowd of 300 people at a, at a live venue somewhere.
1: That's a really interesting question. I think other than the sound setup Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're going to maybe collaborate with different people as a singer, it should feel, feel the same because it's still your voice and so I don't think it's going to be in something where you know you're going to turn the volume down or or turn it up you're (laughs) you're still going to sing and you're still going to want to feel confident in that I think a lot of that just has to do with the sound setup and the aesthetic that you you want to give and I do like the idea of making it a little bit more casual for a live stream because that's going to give you a little bit more leeway in case in case things go wrong because (laughs) let's face it you know sometimes you are a slave to your internet speed you know even if you have fast internet something can happen thunderstorm you know whatever um and then these platforms that are also kind of in control of of how things are presented on the platform so you know if you do it in a more casual way where maybe you're having more of a conversation you know or you're asking your audience like even in an Instagram story before your performance like let's say you have a performance and then you ask your Instagram audience oh hey like should i sing covers tonight or should i sing some original songs or like which songs would you like to hear you could even get on and say that and i think that that casual that casualness <laughs> adds kind of a it, it makes it kind of personal and intimate for your audience. And they might more easily become your fans. And it also takes some pressure off of you as a, as a singer and performer to make sure everything sounds perfect. Because really you can only make sure that your songs are as good as they can be. And it's, it's hard when you have all of those ideas about, ah, tech. <laughs> ah, sound setup, ah, how's this sounding, ah, how are they reacting, when really all you can worry about is, is how you present that song and how you've prepared for that performance.
0: I'm glad that you made the point that you made about embracing the intimacy of the live streaming medium. When I've spoken to musicians that really have been in the live streaming space for the better part of a decade at this point and are, are kind of experts on it, they, I've often told me that the Toughest transition for live performers who go into live streaming, particularly in light of the pandemic, is they still tend to try to treat it like it's a live show where they'll, you know, they'll get up, they'll pretend like they're in a, you know, a club. They're, How's everybody doing tonight? And and you know that can really throw people off when you're, you know, watching it on your phone. And you know, so you want to change your present. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, geez, come on! <laughs> Got my headphones on. You're scaring me. And so you know, you want to kind of play things to the intimacy that you know, of the environment that you talked about and maybe make it seem more personal, more one-to-one and embrace the interactivity as you noted, Tiffany, where, you know, it, make it more of a conversation and less of a, you know, make it more interactive and less of just a one-sided you giving the audience something. And I think that can be the toughest sort of transition for artists who are used to the, how's everybody doing tonight <laughs> method of performing that you do when you're in a, a large live venue. Let's stay on that thread for a second. Are, are there any other common mistakes that you see first-time live streamers make when they're going into this medium for the first time? That that maybe you want to bring up here, and we can uh, try to absolve them of making that mistake.
1: I think. I mean, we do want the sound to sound good, but I think there's a lot of focus and worry about the tech setup, or the microphone setup, or like how it's going to work. And there's a lot less. There's a lot less thought on the actual performance. Mm. And then going along with that, I think people who are doing it for the first time are taking on too much. Whereas, you know, they could go online and sing one to three songs. You know, they're thinking, oh, I got to do like 30 minutes worth of music. You know, and that can be very daunting. And it would be much better if you could present one to three really really awesome songs that really pull them in and I'm glad you mentioned the how's everybody doing you know the very very outward type performance With is like there's also a very uh very inward type of performance where where if you go into yourself you could captivate people in a different way and kind of suck them in um I'm actually from the field of vocal performance and music education so you're when you're working with really really little kids you know they're very loud and a good way to get their attention (laughs) is to be very quiet and you'll watch them and they will all all their little faces and they'll lean towards you and they'll get like really big eyes so if we think about this idea as a performance technique where we're gonna pull people into us instead of blasting with them in information because they get enough of that all day long and think about, okay, how can I draw people in or how can I go inside myself in a way that draws people in?
0: That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I, it is sort of uh, cool to see how the, the best way I think to look at live streaming is, is an opportunity to kind of spread your wings and embrace different ways of going about content and going about interacting with your audience. Like, yeah, you can't do the How's Everybody Doing Tonight live performance, but there's so many cool things that artists can do in live streaming, especially if you don't want to have to just play 10 songs in a row if you don't have 10 songs. I've seen live streamers who will do a whole show where they'll actually have their listeners help them write a song where they'll sit there and take suggestions from the audience on finding a word that rhymes with another word and things like that, and it's great for the audience because then they feel like they get to be part of your creative process, which is cool. You can do just talking, you can have some back and forth with your fans, and if you don't have ten songs, you know, and and you don't think you can fill a two-hour live stream, don't feel like you have to do a two-hour live stream. If you pop on for fifteen or thirty minutes on Facebook Live, you know, maybe over some people's lunch hour or something, that's fine. You know, like. Always better to leave your audience wanting more, anyway, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If it's a shorter time period, people are going to be like, "Oh, I better get out and watch Ryan." Like, <laughs> otherwise, they want to miss him. <laughs> and
0: and and I'll say this quick point about the the tech side of what it means to put these together because I think I think it's fair to say, Tiffany, that many of the folks listening out there, that's their biggest fear about getting into live streaming is thing I can't even begin to figure out the tech stuff. And I'll, I'll say this to you, listeners. I am the most tech-phobic person that you're ever going to meet. I I don't have any sort of background in this. And if if the Break the Business podcast was able to put together an eight-hour digital telethon live stream in which we had 35 music industry experts and musicians pop in over Zoom over an eight-hour stream— And we did it without any significant technical glitches, other than, of course, the massive power outage we had, which I'll have to tell you about another time. Um, But if we were able to get it done, then I'm I'm sure it's within the reach of anybody listening to this podcast. With just a little bit of training, a little bit of Googling, a little bit of YouTubing uh, advice and tips, this is absolutely something within anybody's wheelhouse. There are so many great resources out there.
1: Yeah, totally. And when it... Another, another thing along the tech side is, you know, people are worried about the sound quality, you know, it's not, it's not the sound quality that we're used to, but oftentimes if we dig a little bit deeper, you'll find that the people that say that may not be the most comfortable with their craft in general. And so I'd encourage you to look at that and just say like, Hey, Do I have enough confidence to just turn on my iPhone and go live on Instagram without any amplification with just me and a guitar, like put it over there, like, and be confident that my musical skills and my performance is going to shine through without having to be not necessarily hidden, but amplification is supposed to amplify what's already there. Like, it's not supposed to hide things.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a good transition. I want to talk to you now then about the the performance craft more generally, not just in the live streaming space, because I saw that one of your training resources that you offer people on the Star Singer platform is the captivate your audience training. And in that session, you one of the things that you talk about are the three biggest mistakes that singers can make in their performance and how to avoid them. I was wondering, now I don't want you giving all the goods away, but I was wondering if, could we get one of the mistakes from you of those three as a way to sort of get people thinking about what they could get on this platform? What are, what is one of those three biggest mistakes?
1: So I, I think, oh, there's some, okay. My favorite mistake, I think the most common mistake, and I don't want you to feel bad if you're making these mistakes, we're just here to help and highlight it. And and so you can avoid it, Amen. but focusing on trying to sound good instead of discovering how your voice is unique and what you have to offer. Because good is so abstract anyway. Like, we don't even know what is good. Now we have to go down the rabbit hole and define what is good, you know? And then the, along with that, it's like, well, I want to sound like Adele, or I want to sound like Sam Beam, or I'm to sound like Whitney Houston, you know? Yeah, but these people are already... <laughs> <laughs> They're already superstars. They're yeah. already here. Like, why do you, why do you need to be a lesser version of Adele? You know, so be your, be yourself. And so, in that training, we talk about how to start to discover and consider your unique voice.
0: All right, I gotta talk to you about that then because I think that's that's an interesting thing, and I saw that on some of your resources that you know finding your voice figuring out how how you, how, you know, how you want yourself to sound, how your singing voice is going to go forward, knowing that you don't have to sound like Adele or or even like a technically proficient singer. Like, you know, obviously somebody like Tom Waits isn't going to win any singing competitions, but that voice will make you feel things. And so, you know, how do artists find their voice? How do artists find, like, is, is there sort of a process that artists can go through to figure out like how I want myself to sound on recordings and in performances?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I definitely speak to that a lot. I think, of course, foundationally, um, we need to just start by opening up the voice and developing a solid foundation and feeling more confident about what you're putting out there. And we go through, like, specific techniques to do that inside the green room and all of all of that jazz. But when you're starting to feel a little bit more confident, like, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, maybe you're at the point where you're like, yeah, I could, I could sing in front of people. You know, you're at about, you're at about that point. I think the main problem that holds a lot of people back is the comparison. So for example, if you were to describe your voice, your unique sound, let's, let's stay away from unique sound because that kind of gets into the marketing aspect, which we can use this for, but let's really stick with with the nuts and bolts of what you actually have, like what colors you have to paint with. So if you were to describe your voice in three adjectives, what would that be? And if you really think about that, but then you think about, oh, okay, I wanna sound like, I don't know, Christine Aguilera. Well, how would I describe her voice? And then you start to match up these adjectives and you're like, there's no way so it's possible because we you have an amazing voice that maybe you haven't unlocked yet. And yes, singing is a skill, but we all do have our physical limits and we all have, you know what we're born with. Like I'm five foot five. like I'm never gonna be six foot two. Like that's just how I am. You know, your voice is how it is. and all we can do is enhance that from there. So if you're starting to do this this exercise, this thought exercise, and you've been trying to sound like somebody else, but then you realize, whoa, we're two different people. I'm an apple and, and he's an orange. And I'm never going to sound like that. So, what do I sound like? You know, when we stop comparing ourselves to other people or comparing ourselves to what we think might sound good or what we think other people would like, we end up discovering what's actually there and how to enhance that and make that even better.
0: And so many of the artists listening out there, that's so important what she's saying. And the sooner that you can find that authentic voice that's yours and is nobody else's and stop trying to chase some other superstars voice. And cause it's, you know, you're never going to out Adele, Adele, but you can definitely be the best version of you. And that's what, that's what listeners want. Or that's what your music fans want, especially, in this industry we're in right now with indie musicians where authenticity is and uniqueness is craved more than ever from music fans. The, the sooner that you can heed Tiffany's advice on this, uh, the, the, the better off you're going to be. And of course it is a process and, you know, finding that authentic voice doesn't happen overnight and you need to find the right resources to get you there. And, uh, Tiffany could certainly help you out with that. You can check out her resources at starsinger.co. She also has the, a podcast, the star singer podcast, uh, which is, uh, excellent. A lot of great resources, so check out that website, Tiffany. This has been a pleasure. Before we let you go this week, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward?
1: I would say that you need to do something. I don't know if you've <laughs> you, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the the rep the repop of Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh yeah, but there there's this scene there. And it was so funny. I don't know if it was the universe or whatever, but I was watching it. My DVD got stuck on the part where in the sawmill where they're yelling, do something, (laughs) do something. And it was like over and over and over. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. So that's, that's what this is conjuring up right now. But it's like, it's like, do something. Like if you've been wanting to, to, if you're choosing to use this pandemic time to really master your craft Or, you know, maybe you do want to think a little bit more technically about your voice. And maybe you do want to think about some voice lessons or some guidance that way. Or maybe you want to go live stream, but you haven't before. You know, choose one thing that you've been really, it's been kind of on your mind and break it down to something small. Like, okay, I've been wanting to go live stream. Say, okay, well, next week at this time, I'm going to go online and I'm going to perform this song. You know, just make a plan. Just do one small thing that's going to move it forward. That thing that's on your mind, you'll know exactly what it is because it's been gnawing at you. It'll pop in your head right away. Break it down to a simpler version and do something.
0: (laughs) That is such great advice, which, by the way, is applicable not just on the performance side of what musicians do, but certainly on the business side as well in terms of starting up any new project. And it's really just good advice for any of us out into the world. I can't tell you how many projects in my life I've put off just because, like, you know, I I just dreaded it or whatever. And then I realized that if all I did was just take that first step, like start it and just get moving... It just it, it has a way of just getting done. And, and really, the hardest step is the first step. And once you get that, like you really get some momentum to build off of. So, tremendous insight. Thank you. Thank you, Tiffany. Tiffany Van Boxtel, our guest, everybody. Check her out at starsinger.co. Thank you so much for joining us this week.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great.
0: It has been great. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business Podcast.